Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Self-Published Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Pearson, and I'm joined today by my husband. Hi, I'm Nolan. And my brother, Josh. Hi, I'm Josh. (laughs) (laughs) And he's actually staring at our sound waves while I'm recording, so it's making me self-conscious. Stop staring at the sound waves, Josh. Stop staring at the sound waves, sound guy. (laughs) I just want to know how loud I am when I talk. (laughs) Are you trying to be louder than us? No, I want to be the same. (laughs) Make your job easier later. I like to blend in. You like to blend in your hair, your eyes, your shirt, all brown, roughly brown, the same brown. color right now. <laughs> At least Nolan is wearing a navy blue shirt. Yep. Yeah. We'll it a... says, be nice to me, my wife is pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and my shirt says, prego. <laughs> Hashtag prego. <laughs> Hashtag prego. We did not plan that. We did not. Nope. Anyway, um, I am pleased to announce that today was my first almost completely non-nausea day or nausea-free day this pregnancy. (laughs) Soft applause. There you go. (laughs) And um, I'm a little nauseated right now, but I got, like, I had eight eight items on my to-do list, and I got all of them but one done. I was very, very pleased. A lot of them were business stuff, so it was pretty cool. And I'm really hoping that that means that there are better days in the future. So our schedule, we're doing The Martian today. Oh, wait, I was supposed to do the the rest of that. So if you're listening for the first time, this podcast, we have motivational tips and uplifting quotes, motivational quotes and uplifting quotes. And um, we talk a lot about, um, uh, let's see, what's the word? We don't talk about podcasting. We are podcasting. We talk a lot about publishing and marketing, and then we give tons of advice and ideas on the craft of writing itself based off of great and awful movies. And like I said, we're doing The Martian today. We were supposed to do So Undercover today, but then we're going to have a guest next month, and so I figure we'll do Josh in September and Kevin J. Anderson next month, and then possibly Tristy Pinkston slash Amelia C. Adams in November or December. I don't know. Anyway, so then next week we'll probably do our marketing podcast, and then the week after that we'll do So Undercover. Man, I wish we could make Josh watch that movie with us. I mean, I could watch it and then just... Not record with us? Yeah. We have watched it already, and it is so awful. It is indeed awful. (laughs) Oh, I really want to watch it then. (laughs) It's Miley Cyrus. Oh, yes, please. And you can tell she hates (laughs) being in the movie. (laughs) It's so awesome. She cast a check for that movie probably bigger than I've made in the past decade, though. Yeah, no kidding. Phone it in. That's all you have to do, people. Yeah. Cash checks. Cash checks. Phone it in. So that's what we've got going on. Uh, Do you want to go ahead and give us the quote? Yes. The hardest arithmetic to master is that which enables us to count our blessings by Eric Hoffer. And why did you pick that quote? Because you told me to. <laughs> it's and true. It matches with the Martian. It does. There's lots of math. And there's there and, is and lots of math and lots of blessing counting because he yes. does that quite a bit. Yes. More so in the book. Anyway, so Josh, you want to read that again since you're holding it? The hardest arithmetic to master is that which enables us to count our blessings. So why is that? Why do you think I put that in with our motivational quotes? Oh, I don't know. Math sucks. <laughs> okay, so... Math is wonderful. What are you talking about? I use it every day at work, so... So it's does Nolan. It's actually awesome. I never math in my science job. And I never... Sarcasm. I was going to say, I'm like, yes, you do. You always have to, you always have to <laughs> math, as you said. 
programmers math for Okay, so, so you guys are focusing on the wrong part of that quote. That's my bad. <laughs> blessings, then? Yes, blessings. And authors, I mean, so this is the thing. Like, back when we were making $30 a month, we would have loved to make it 500 But when we were making 500 we were like, oh, if we could be making 1000 a month. And we weren't grateful that we were making 500 And I think that's a big problem that a lot of authors experience. Like, they, they set their goals, but they're never happy with where they are. And I mean, I've talked to authors that are making 20,000 a month and they're freaking out that they're not making 30 to 50,000. I'm like, but you're making 20,000. So this is something I frequently ask Nolan. Once we've reached that point, you know, once we reach the four to five digits a month. Can I not be happy where I'm at and still want more? Is that okay? (laughs) Well, the problem is we're always like, ah, yeah, but we still haven't gotten there, so we should be. We have. We've reached several of our of our goals. You yeah, know? but they've been events, not yeah. not the norm. Well, no, nice four figure months are the norm. I mean, yeah, but not, not during summers necessarily. No. Figures, anyway, but the thing is, when we were making five hundred a month, we would have killed to be where we are now. And so I, I'm like, I would have happily killed. Yes. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> you you always twist. This is something I was reading in my journal. Nolan always twists what I say to be evil. <laughs> Isn't that a husband's job? <laughs> it's it's a Nolan's job. I think it's more of amoral. I wouldn't say evil. <laughs> like, when we were dating, he always made my what I said to turn into an insult to himself. It's <laughs> the best kind of humor. I was an, I was a victim. You victimized me. Oh constantly. yes. Oh yes. Oh, I so believe that. <laughs> well, you were there. You should. Jeez. If you weren't so far away, I'd slap you. (laughs) (laughs) Dead silence. We're we're sitting opposite each other across a two-foot table. (laughs) Not even two foot. That's like a foot and a half. Okay. 18-inch table. table. (laughs) Okay, would you lean forward and then I'll slap you? Just kidding. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The 200-something dollar microphone didn't pick up a six-inch away slap. (laughs) Anyway, so my point is... If you're making money in your business, I mean, find a reason to celebrate, you know, and enjoy it and count your blessings and and stop freaking out that you're not making more than you are right now. Unless you were making 50000 and then you're making 20000 Then maybe freak out. <laughs> well, even still, 20000 is still a lot of good monies. Yeah, but you don't know if that's the bottom at that point. That's true. Are you still going down? It's just kind of a... I'm not sure I really like the quote because it's kind of a, just a cheesy way to say people suck at counting blessings. It is. I, I, you should I talk to him. Appreciate your updated uh, take on his quote. Thank you. Um, you should <laughs> message him and first tell him that they pronounce his name wrong, because everybody says Hoffer. Well, that would be the American pronunciation of it, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, well, I liked the quote. I liked the quote. Just because I said I liked it. Yes, thumbs up. Very nice. <laughs> Too bad we don't have a camera right here. <laughs> it's not for them. It's for you. <laughs> And that smile was just for me too, right? Yeah. And Josh, of course. Also for Josh. Okay. Everything's for me, let's be honest. Okay, anyway. Right. Let's, uh, let's... No, I haven't done my oh, tip. Right. Like like last week where I was like, and that's the end of the show. Nolan's like, all right, let's go to the movie. <laughs> um. All right, so we're still talking about editors, which is sad because Tristy's not going to be here for the editing discussion because she'll she's several months down the road from here. It's okay. It is Okay. When you're hiring editors, get sample edits. I've already talked about that, but realize that most editors are willing to work over the first five to ten pages, and sometimes pages from the middle of the book for free. 
Some charge around $25, but are still good and legit editors. And I do, I would recommend if they're going to do 10 pages, have them do the first five and then five from somewhere in the middle of the book, because then they get a feeling for your writing. Uh, the first part of a book is often over edited and it over edited and it loses its feel, you know, and, and they can't get a feel for your actual writing style. And if I'd done that with the editor that uh, we fired, she and I were not a fit, you know, and if we'd done that, then I would have noticed that she wasn't a fit for my style. And I wish we had done that, but what were you going to say? Sometimes the beginning of the book is the best edited part too. That's and true. It's like super strong because you want it. And, and then the rest of the book sucks too. So That's it's true. Good to pick and choose from, I mean, maybe pick your best part and your weakest part. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if the editor says they only do the first part, just see if they'd be willing to do later on in the book. And then just as an FYI, a lot of editors charge around $25 for samples, but they're still good and they're still legit editors. So if you want to find a really good editor and you've got your site set on one, but that person charges, then keep, you know, put aside a little bit of a budget for editing. Hunting for an editor. Yeah, exactly. The word editor is really frustrating. My brain is stuttering. Edited, edited, editor, edited, edited. It's okay. You can edit it. Oh, gosh, that was horrible. <laughs> edited, yes. edited. Oh, geez, now I can't stop thinking about that. That tip, if you were to summarize it in maybe three or four words, what would it be? Oh, geez. <laughs> Sample edit. Charging okay. Charging okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, all right. Thanks, Josh, for trying to tone, I mean, trying to make me edit what I just said. <laughs> Okay, so The Martian. My whole first page is blank. So I have a few things. All right. Josh, I will let you lead on the discussion then because... Um, so I get really bored of talking about characters. I do too. <laughs> I've been so bored about it the last like three months. I'm like, can we get, go w without talking about the characters? Sad. That's what my stuff is on. So. Oh. Well, that's, that's good. Well, good I love it. Really, it's brief. Though, okay. It's brief. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my first little note is about the opening scene and how, like, I guess it's kind of shows the crew working together, right, on Mars. Mm -hmm. And they're, every single character, you're able to see this type of person that they are really, really quick, you can see. I mean, I think they do a really good job of setting the stage. Yeah, you can, you it, it foreshadows, like, a lot of different things throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, one thing we forgot to do, uh, what is the setup for this movie? What is this movie? What's the premise? A man gets stranded on Mars. There you go. Pretty it's the year it. 2035. Is it? It is. Oh, I never realized that. Yep. Man, where's SpaceX? <laughs> Bankrupt. <laughs> where's Tesla? Bankrupt. <laughs> We're on the other side of Mars. <laughs> yes. Anyway, yeah, so, um, yeah, they did a good job the fort, the little bit, and they got right into the inciting incident very, very quickly. They got into the story very quickly. There was not a whole lot of... You know, hemming and hawing. Yeah, it's like like within maybe five minutes the storm hits. And that and is the inciting incident. It's great. Agreed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I mean, they open up, they're on Mars. You can tell they're on Mars, even if nobody told you. They yeah. tell you anyway. Yeah. And then, yeah, the storm happens, and then they got a bail, and then he gets hit by the communications antenna, mm -hmm. which knocks him out. Slices and knocks through him. His, yeah, it takes him out. They think he's dead. It takes out his biomonitor and keeps him from communicating with Earth. Mm -hmm. All in one shot. And they tried to, I mean, they tried to find him, but... Right, they can't. Yeah, but they, like, have less than two minutes to search for him, so they make it maybe four feet. 
Well, the, like the visibility in the storm was like supposedly like half a foot or a foot or whatever. Yeah. And I liked I liked the way they did that because it showed that the characters have compassion and charity that they actually care for each other. Yeah. And it's not it's not a tr- a team or a crew that is bickering. In the whole entire show, they get along. You know. Yeah. They're very I mean, unified. They're jokingly bickering, but it's all just. Well, they do turn his mic off right at the beginning. <laughs> oh, that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> <laughs> which which is him demonstrating his character right away. There's two things that I noticed. Him, like he wouldn't shut up, so they have to turn his mic off remotely. Yes. And <laughs> when they say the mission's a scrub, he says he says they should stay. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Um, so there's the two things. <laughs> um you can't get him to shut up later on, and he yeah. gets to stay. Yeah, <laughs> so. it, that's really true. Like, he uh, is, and this is the thing. Like He doesn't personality, fight. He's just like, I think we should stay. And yeah. she's like, no. He's like, I really think we should. And she's like, nope, we're doing it. And he's like, okay. And goes along with it. Yeah. So. And then interesting is, like, right in the middle of when he gets hit by the communication array, he's actually proposing a way that they could still stay. Yes. He's like, we could tether the thing to the right. thing, and then he gets hit. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the thing about this is his personality is the right personality. Obviously, Andy Weir, the author of the novel, knew that a boring character would be one that doesn't talk. Because we have to have... He, he talks, he records himself. That's basically all of his communication. But, you know, there... I mean, what, what if it had been Frodo who'd been stranded on Mars? <laughs> it would have been very boring. <laughs> he just emo cries in the corner. <laughs> Single tears Single in tears. every scene. <laughs> gasping for air sam <laughs> there's like have you seen those little gifs of him going sam 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 <laughs> single tear uh, anyway. i'm so much different anyway wrong movie. yeah he's wrong like book. 16 years old in the book yeah he's like way different their relationship's way different yeah and servant and master character. not friends yeah. yeah anyway i don't think we'll ever do lord of the rings maybe why not why not you could do the hobbit Yes, yes, let's do the Hobbit trilogy. Please, no. That would be the perfect one because it's so bad. You Okay, listeners, this would be the only way I could get Nolan to watch those movies. It was so physically painful for me to watch the first one. <laughs> what are you talking about? The Knock'em Sock'em Robots? Knock'em Sock'em, yeah. <laughs> I actually haven't ever seen the original version. I watched an edited version for Make It More Like the Book, and it was still one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, man. I yeah. guess, but I mean, it's like so intentionally bad i think like this movie's intentionally good let's stay with the martian um, <laughs> the martian i uh, you two have read the book and yes. i have yes. not yes uh, but you say that the the book follow the movie follows the book very well, very closely pretty much to the doc as well yeah. as you can with mm-hmm. making it a movie that which is impressive it was very very impressive that they kept so tightly to it which we appreciate lord of the rings does not do that neither does hobbit um but back to the martian, <laughs> the martian. neither does percy jackson no, it doesn't at all. Uh, and anyway. I think, so, <laughs> these are different mediums. Yeah. And so you do have to oftentimes take liberties, like combining or eliminating characters. Yeah, okay, so like Twilight. Twilight, they should have changed a little bit more of it to make it fit yeah. a movie scene. So better. I understand that a lot, quite a few changes have to take place, but when you change, like, the premise and, like, too much of the relationship between characters... I mean, they do in Jurassic Park, the... Um, What's Dennis Ham- Nedry and Hammond. Hammond is a very different character. In the movie. But the author the original author was involved in both things I and mean, he made that yeah. change for a reason we're yeah. not really sure why but making him sympathetic in the movie made him more interesting maybe than making yeah. him the villain because you already had nedry mm-hmm. you know what i mean well and the so, dinosaurs and, and nedry and so we yeah, don't need and dinosaurs and nedry right because you have you had to compress that and you yeah. wanted to have a sympathetic character so anyway. in the martian i mean 
it's it's very close to the book. The yeah, only they thing they really to. cut out, they cut out a couple of scenes, and they way condensed the science and the chemistry. Way condensed that. Um, they did take out a bunch of conflicts as well that he had to deal with. Like the storm. Um, a lot of the travel that he does. Yeah. Oh, they way cut way out co- so much of the travel. It. Yeah. Um, like him digging up the, um, what you call it, the heat source. What is it called? The, that was like within 10 seconds. Yeah. Day. And in the book, it took him like know, four days. Full two chapters or something to prepare yeah. for and then get. Yeah. Very exciting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so something that I, I did notice about... That I, I mean, this is really the only story that I know of, both the book and the movie, where it's the most majority of the movie is just one person talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's only dialogue with himself to us, the viewer, through his cameras or whatever. Yeah, when he's recording himself for his teammates in this. And yeah. not, not since Castaway. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yes. No, there was Wilson in Castaway. I know, but that's the. I, that's I'm the just camera. being sarcastic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> That's something I actually really like about it is it's, it's to me, it's unique. Although I do remember, I don't know if it was writing conferences I went with you with too or not, where they say like, you need to have characters that actually talk to each other and you have to have dialogue in a story. But like the vast majority of this entire story is a narrative by the main character. Mm-hmm. I Which really like it. it works fine because he's actually talking. Yeah. And also that he, Andy Weir does scenes with other characters, you know. That's true. It does. Um, so if you've got a character like Frodo who goes to get rid of the ring without Sam, nobody want to, would want to read that because he doesn't interact with anything. But Andy, I mean, the, Except the ring. Mark Watney, yes, <laughs> precious. Mark Watney is a talker and he records himself. And so in the comedy, you Excellent. know, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. The dialogue's very natural. Good comedy. The romance was a little bit lacking. I don't know. I really liked the way he tenderly touched the plants, <laughs> yes. or the um, the the drone and the uh, he also pets it. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's the, right. The, the little sojourner. puppy dog thing. Yeah, sojourner. is that what that was? Yeah, See, I so never it's caught Pathfinder that. Pathfinder and Sojourner. Okay, I never caught that. That that was what it was from the. They don't really introduce it. Um, it's another thing I, I did really like is that it is a. I noticed it is a three act story. Mm-hmm. The first act is him. Um, I mean, he has no communication with anyone, and it's only focused on him. And the second act is when he gets communication with NASA again. Mm-hmm. I guess the third act would be after him heading to the next MAV or whatever. Yeah. yeah, after the thing blows up and he has no, no more yeah. communication, which they don't do in the movie. Not really. I mean, he doesn't really have communication with them in the movie, but it's also like ten seconds between him being at the first site and the yeah. second site. Yeah. Whereas in the book, it's like thirty percent of the book is him traveling there. Yeah. Yep. I know. The movie did a really good job of keeping things really fast-paced and cutting out a lot of the boring. What did you just say? Cutting out a lot of the boring, Josh? Josh? Just because this is my favorite book and probably favorite movie. Josh? doesn't mean I can't understand that it has boring bits. Yeah. I actually liked the movie more than the book because I'm like, I don't care about the chemistry. It was fascinating for about three paragraphs. And then I was like, all right, okay, the book, the movie did this way better. And Josh was like, but it's so wonderful. You just said. I I mean, I'm an engineer, (laughs) so I enjoy that. Yeah. And loosely (laughs) termed engineer because I'm a computer engineer. Um, So they cut out boring parts. I mean, I was up? referring to the driving forever <laughs> parts, because I actually do like the science. I enjoyed it. I was a physics major for about two years, and then I was like, this isn't me. <laughs> and n- neither were the other five majors that I tried until I found one that was perfect for me, that only had 30 required credits, and I had 180 credits, oh, credits already. So, 
That's what happens when you go to college for a long time and don't know what you're graduating in. Yeah. Nolan, you knew what that was like, right? Yeah. Anyway. I had at least that many. Yes. Anyway. Plus, I was quarters for part of it and not semester, so... Yeah, I didn't go every semester. I went every other semester. But, I mean, I went from a quarter to a semester and mm-hmm. just, like, messed up. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, I enjoyed I enjoyed that, but then I was like, okay, let's, let's get to the story, you know? And I read the book after seeing the movie, about a, two years after seeing the movie, and it was so close to the movie that... It was like, okay, when is this going to happen? You know, when is this going to happen? And then I was really excited when I there were different things that were popped, like that storm towards the end. I really like how the, the movie really does follow the same humor and tone as the book. Oh, yeah. But the book just has more good jokes. Yeah, the book had some great jokes. Like, fantastic. Um, one of the bits of trivia that I did not write down was Andy Weir was really disappointed that his favorite joke from the movie didn't make it into the, or from the book didn't make it into the movie. It's where, what must he be thinking? How must he be feeling right now? And then it cuts to Mark and he's like, how could Aquaman control uh, wells? They're they're mammals or whatever. <laughs> I love that joke. They did have a kind of a version of it. They have the it in the extended version. He I mean, said that they put it in the extended. They don't. It's not in this one at all. The one we just watched. It's got it in the extended cut. Okay. Okay. That's the only one I've really ever seen. I mean, I watched the regular one in the theater and then just now, mm-hmm. but I've, I've you watched, own the extended. I own the extended edition. I've watched that one. I mean, it's only like 15 minutes longer, but yeah, I've watched that Josh was like, Andrea, should we watch the extended version? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe we should just do the theatrical version. He's like, yeah, you don't really want to see um, Matt Damon's butt anyway. It's in the normal one anyway. <laughs> and I was like, I kind of remember seeing Matt Damon's butt in the normal one. but <laughs> Or his body double. Yeah, I was actually good. I actually interviewed an actor once and he was asked to be to run naked across a field. And he was like, I'm not going to do that. That's that's beneath me. I don't want my people. I don't want people seeing me and knowing that I'm running naked across a field. So he had to put in a body double. I'm like, guess what? It's the same thing. People still assume you. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I guess it's just morality for them. (laughs) Yes. Um, I want to make a comment on the comedy tone mood colors etc this is a very potentially very very depressing plot the setting etc because he's stranded but it's overall lighthearted and fun because of his dialogue and his interaction with the everything around him the hab and all of that you know and they do a phenomenal job of kind of helping you realize at moments just how horrible this would be for him like especially when like the the, the hab explodes or and, when he's having to mix human fertilizer in yeah, with... Like you're walking... Like, the, the, just the tone of the movie just kind of just, like, kind of hits you all at once. Just like, whoa, that's that's crazy. Yeah, it would be so... It would be awful. He was there for 500 and something days. 560 days. Rough. Uh, what, my, my question was, speaking of the... What is it? What is that? What's the fertilizer? Night fertilizer or whatever? Night soil. Night soil. Yeah. Night uh, soil. Why didn't he do that in his suit? He wouldn't have been able to breathe it. Oh yeah, wear his suit when he's doing it. Yeah, because he said he had nose, he had earplugs in his nose, and I'm like, yeah, but you can still taste it, <laughs> which is horrible. Oh yeah, especially since it's freeze dried, so like the dust would poof up. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> anyway, Josh has a very weak stomach, by the way. We discovered that saliva from babies. No, stop. <laughs> Boy, you better get over that one. Yes. Saliva is the least of your problems. What comes out of babies? <laughs> this is why I decided not to go to med school. <laughs> You know, if you'd gone to med school, it would have gotten you over. Yeah, you don't have to deal with that crap depending on what you're doing. Well, like I was planning on doing radiology, which isn't dealing with that crap, but med school still has... Radiology? 
Yeah. No, like... Josh, remember when I had my infection? It was radiologists that had to do that. Well, the specific type of radiologist. No, 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 no. It was a general was... radiologist at a regular hospital. So I didn't want to be a general radiologist. I want to be a neural radiologist, which okay. at most does surgeries for strokes, and that would be cool. But anyway. <laughs> There's a lot no, of CFSF. And... Med school itself forces you through clinical rotations and doing surgery in general practice. And yeah, and working with old people in rest homes and doing all sorts of fun stuff. Uh-huh. But the good thing is it would get you over that really fast. Yeah, I just chose a degree that gets me the pay quicker, and I don't have to go to school for it, so. And actually, the pay is not that great, because how many hours do doctors work? I mean, Nolan talks about that all the time. I make as much as the doctors. Yeah. <laughs> but Be- I don't Based on the hours. Yeah, if, yeah. I were, if I got overtime for all the hours I work, yeah. we'd make the same. So. Yeah. Doctors don't make all that much just because they're working 12-hour days. Yeah. Yeah, and like if yeah they call me at home and on vacation I'm a, I have to call my medical director while he's in he's like I'm in Montana I can barely I barely have any signal I'm like yelling, I'm going through a tunnel yelling, I can't hear you yelling doesn't help <laughs> <laughs> I have emailed you yeah could you just email me I'll check my email <laughs> yes check your email <laughs> Anyway, so implausible versus plausible. I know Nolan has comments on that. My comment Um, is going to be, I'll just go first on that if that's okay. Sure. Um, Andy Weir, he says that one of the the biggest thing that he did that was implausible was the air and the wind on Mars. And the scientists have said that if there were storms on Mars, even huge storms, it would just barely tuft your hair because the atmosphere pressure is so low. It's like 30% of America. 30, 40, yes, of America. Which is part of Earth. (laughs) Anyway, so he says that you know but i'm like i'm i'm okay with those kinds of things because he recognizes you know and he's like you know this is implausible but i kind of like that too because the average person or more than the average the vast majority of people will have no idea what the atmospheric temperament of mars is now they're all gonna think that if they ever landed on mars they'd be blown away in a storm well that's sad it's gonna sad. be really harsh on tourism <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway okay what, what are your comments on implausibility and um uh, the the end explodey thing where they slow the ship down that would not work really well because it wouldn't I don't know the the force they're assuming the force is directly along the axis of the ship and it would, the, I don't know oh throw what do them you mean off course more what, than you, I think which, what are you talking about like when, when they, they blow put the, the, the explodey thing yeah yeah and blow the hatch oh I don't see why they just couldn't open that so when Vogel <laughs> when Vogel puts a bomb yes the okay. Vogel bomb thing and something that bugs me about the the movie is. I mean, in the book, it kind of makes sense because they open the outer door and they keep the inner one closed and they blow the inner one. And it kind of would help direct the air better. But in the movie, they just blow the outer door and that would just cause the ship to go everywhere. Well, and they, they open up all the doors and of the air they wanted and they yeah. end up opening more doors, I guess, than they planned initially or something like that. Anyway, yeah. um, that and then him poking his hole in his glove and then holding his <laughs> arm out to the side and then flying in a straight line instead of spinning around in a circle. <laughs> yes, he would have just, just spun yes. over. Uh, they, they have some problems with their physics uh, in space. Star Wars. and um, Star Wars does physics in space perfectly. <laughs> uh, it's sad the, the 1970s version i don't have problems with yeah it's when they went and jazzed it all up it's yeah it's episode eight that makes me want to stab my eyes out no episode eight you love the newer star wars i we... do not we can go over like all the i mean obviously it's let's not go over all it, uh, here's my point is the star wars is not designed to be realistic and it's not. And so there's more leeway there. Yeah, it's true. So this it's one, magic-based kind of. Yeah. And so, like, you don't fly around in ships with wings. You don't need them in yeah. space. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can, I guess, if you really want to. But it doesn't because it doesn't matter. Yep. Um, and so things, you know, don't matter. There's some fudge room there. Uh, this is more hard science. So when 
Johansson goes up to a door and stops, and the door opens, and then she starts moving forward again. <laughs> Without <laughs> pushing off of anything. Uh, it made or me want to... the door. I laughed out loud. He did. Because um, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, she used her that mind powers. physics. <laughs> she used the force like Leia. She used the force, and I was like, which movie am I watching? Am I watching a hard science fiction movie, or am I watching Star Wars right well, now? Well, okay, so this is the thing. Where they veered from the book is where the science went wrong. Because in the book, he doesn't do any of that stuff. He, he has legitimate things. He could punch a hole in his clothes somewhere. He in talks room. about doing that in the book and doesn't end up doing it. Yeah. But he book. could have done it. They could have like made his hand be like pushed it in the middle of his like, body. Honestly, it's just whoever did the, the choreography directing. or yeah yeah like the don't directing. stick don't stick your arm directly out ninety degrees to your side and then it, it does your whole, unless he's got like massive massive muscles on yeah. that side and that side of his body is just heavy you have to just poke, even hold it holes in yeah. both of his gloves and yeah. then do it maybe yeah. but then you'd still have your forward and back so you'd probably still just anyway how does this apply to writing then um get your research right yeah I mean there, there are places where you can fudge yeah I, Something actually Brandon Sanderson says he doesn't know much about horses, so when he writes about books, he just says, and then he hands the you know the character hand hands off the horse to somebody who knows. That's that true. To the farrier, he doesn't use horses then, very much. Yeah, and then they handle it. You know what I mean? So like he doesn't have to know about horses because he just says his character hands the horse off to somebody who handles. Yeah, it. that's true. He never does mention horses that much. I mean, very rarely do people actually ride horses. So there's ways to mask. Like maybe you don't want to have to do research on stupid crap, and no one cares anyway. It's not really important yeah. what happens yeah. to the horse. They put it in the stable. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you can fudge, and depending on your genre, there's genre rules, expectations of things, rules you can break, and ones you have to follow. Yeah. This is not one where you can fudge, <laughs> stop, and then start again. No, this is hard uh, sci-fi. This is very, very hard sci-fi. Especially when it's completely easy to just have, like, a handrail <laughs> in, the, in the tube and then just push off, and you don't. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. some of the sometimes they sp- spontaneously change direction when they're going in the ship and they don't touch anything, or they, you know, I'm just like, uh, what? You've seen that, like, in The Matrix. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, in The Matrix, <laughs> where they have rules for that. All right, okay, is that all of your... <laughs> Uh, that's all um, the major ones, yeah. Okay, The Josh. one thing I noticed, the biggest problem between the movie and the book and is... And research and all that? Yeah, yeah, research specifically is... The book gets it right of how long it takes them to get to Mars, mm-hmm. but in the movie, they're they're talking about how the probe will take 60 days to get to Mars. No, six before, months. Before it blows up. Yeah. But then they talk when it, when they, they correct oh. that later when they do the the home and transfer for not the home and transfer when the, the rich pronouncement yeah. that was like six months or whatever. But I, I do remember them saying sixty days, and thinking that timeline is way off. Isn't that? I mean, it doesn't even take two months to get to the moon. Isn't it longer than that to even get to the moon? I don't know if it's to the. I I know like the quickest you can get to Mars is like minimum six months. Yeah, because it has to be when they're when the planets when are the close home to each other. Is right. Yeah. Yep. 60 days is not possible. Yeah. So overall, well, they're though, not restricted by G-forces either, but yeah. yeah, that's true. But still, but still in the book, they still ahead. talked about it taking six months, like in the yeah. book. Yeah. Because yeah. you have to accelerate and then you have to decelerate. You have to have equal reaction mass on both sides. Well, when it gets the other side, because it doesn't have a person, they just plan on it just landing like yeah. Yeah, with nothing to slow it down. Well, you, or you ruin everything. No, you know? they, they put stuff in there that wouldn't get ruined. I mean, that's... Um, like they explain it all in the book. That's oh. that's what I like about the book. Like they, you know, they explain those things okay. like perfectly. Fair enough. Yeah. In my professional opinion, I think overall the research is good. <laughs> in your professional opinion, as a chemist, botanist, and mechanical engineer. Uh huh. Which okay. I guess I'm I, I'm super good. I guess I could do that. And why aren't you? 
Mars sucks. Didn't you watch the movie? <laughs> yeah, we don't want to go there. <laughs> anyway. Mars, Mars tourism board really messed up. Okay, your comments on conflict's trifle cycle. So they did a good job of, um, I want to say, escalating, uh, having different... Well, Trials and conflicts? Yeah, because like, well, some were like... They're not. None of them are really his fault per se. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of them are actually. Well, like the airlock. The airlock's his fault. There's three airlocks. Mm-hmm. He uses only one the whole time. Oh, yeah. That's not something they talk about in the they movie, though. Yeah. So in the book, I mean, the so movie, we're using. Yeah, in the movie, then yes, it is his fault yeah, or in the, whatever. In the book, the way he loses communication with NASA, the way he loses like most of his gears because he forgets one little thing or like when he's trying to make water in the movie he forgets to he explodes talk about himself the oxygen, the oxygen he's, he's just breathing yeah. out and he blows himself up like but his point is like and we're going by the movie yeah yeah we're going by yeah. the movie not the book so right they didn't transfer some of these things to the movie it's true like the three airlocks right so yeah so airlock they don't explain that there's more than one airlock, so I was mm-hmm. kind of confused. I assume they yeah. would have more than one, so that's why it didn't necessarily bother me, but they don't, mm-hmm. like, tell They don't you. talk about it at all, and somebody who doesn't know... show it, but you don't know what to look for if you don't yeah, know exactly. what Yeah, exactly. I'm like, is. somebody yeah. like me watching it for the first time, it wouldn't have even occurred to me that there'd be more than one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, each of these cause, you know, problems. Like, the airlock goes out, so they have to send a probe to resupply, and then the probe can't make it. So, you know, he's got to make do with what he has, and then... He's, like, eating this much potato, like a tiny, tiny bit of potato every day. Per day, day. yeah. It's not enough yeah. to really live, so he's got, like, sores all over the place, and... He's yeah. got a skinny butt. Emaciated. Is that the word? Emaciated. Emaciated. Anyway, the Josh, one, what are your comments? The one thing I really, really love about this story in general is that there's no deus ex machina at all. He is not always really. working on the problems and solving them himself. That's true. Yep. Yeah, really so like much that. goes wrong. <laughs> so much goes wrong that he has to. He's work a through. human, and he's figuring it out as he goes. He's making mistakes, but he's also yeah. There's not things. like yeah. There's not like and randomly this one time everything goes this way and he's saved. And this Martian comes up and gives him food. <laughs> and that's, that's I guess that's the whole moral of the story, though. Is I mean that in the movie at least. Well, that's what he says at him. the end. He's like, you solve a problem, you solve the next problem, you break it down. You solve a problem like Maria. Huh? With knives and dancing. <laughs> there are no knives in Sound of Music. Are there not? It's There's not guns. Sound, not Sound of Music. Was that a Sound of Music reference? Yes, or? it was. No. Solve. How do you solve a problem like Maria? So that's, sound, that's Sound of Music. Oh, was it? Oh, I was thinking um, the other one. What's it called? Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, what's it called? Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. No. My Fair Lady. The first movie that swore. Is that what you're? No, saying? it's they're they're uh, Puerto Ricans. Oh, West Side Story? Yeah. Ugh, I hate that show. No, that's not a... Yeah, same character. I mean, same character. Same name. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. So. Okay, so any more comments? Because I'm ready not to... Not on conflicts. Well, I mean, on this page, because oh, I'm already page. on the last page. Um, the, the Probably the thing that bugs me absolute most about this movie is... It's one of the things I like the most, is the sound design. So in the end, and I noticed this, and it really bugs me, is when he makes the bomb, when Vogel makes the bomb... And they install it. It beeps. And he like he made that in like five uh, minutes. Bombs, with sugar and oxygen. Bombs always have to beep. <laughs> it's like beeping. There's always a faster. countdown. So like yeah, that happened in um. Uh, Good point. What is it? The James Bond movie we watched. Mm-hmm. Like the the terrorist gets the thing. And oh he, yes. And then it beeps three times before it blows up, and he notices he's like, huh? And because it's on beeping. his belt. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was the one like, we just watched, wasn't it? Yeah. Casino Royale. Casino Royale. Bombs like, don't beep. They yeah, just blow up. Just blow up. Don't have blinking lights on them and noises. They just blow up. They make a lot of noise when they blow up, but not before. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But the book, I mean, the movie, book two, but the movie does a really good job of, rather than just kind of telling you 
I mean, it, it does tell you what what's going on at the same yeah. time as showing you, but it does a really good job of showing you, especially with uh, um, finding Pathfinder. Like you have no idea what he's doing. NASA has no idea what he's doing, and you're discovering. And it's with not NASA. telling us. Yeah, yeah you're we're just watching with... him do things. And then you're just like, whoa, he's actually a genius. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, something else I didn't like was the plastic sheet with duct tape fix for the Oh, <laughs> for the airlock. It yeah. was shiny duct tape, so it was more strong than normal type. Okay. And in the book, again, that wasn't the case. Like, he actually yeah, he used, used a special resin that NASA developed to seal. And there seal. were leaks anyway, and he had to fix those. And, he, he had to yeah. blow up the airlock several times and find all the leaks, and, and he used smoke to find where the leaks were and, and sand. And Yeah, he did. Gundam does it better, but Gundam does it better. Yeah, whenever there's a leak, they have like these little bubbles they let out, and they get sucked. To you know, he didn't have little bubbles to let out. I know. <laughs> so there's there's a couple inventions that Gundam made up that actually they're they're actually developing. Josh, do you know what drilling. Gundam is? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Ball ballutes. Uh, they, in Gundam, they're actually using those now, and that's one that they, they, they're inflatable reentry pods. Oh. That was invented by... So basically they just bounce instead of like... No, they, that's how... It's a heat shield, you know, like when they're re-entering, it's inflatable so that it, it creates a cone. Okay. For, anyway, smart. they invented it. And now NASA's <laughs> like, that's pretty cool. So now they're trying it. So, <laughs> nice. Somebody watched Somebody watched in 19... Uh, actually, Zeta, so it was 1983. So there you go. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Not that I know much about it. <laughs> yeah, I right. I vaguely remember just stuff combining into bigger stuff to fight stuff uh, that's not that's, that's not gundam no it's not dang it <laughs> josh your geek score just went down that's okay i played dungeons and dragons yeah but only recently and i'm still not sure i'm okay with it oh <laughs> uh, yeah so anyway the plastic sheet it, I, it wouldn't be strong enough to hold an atmosphere relative to the outside uh-uh. um, with just duct tape and... if the pressure outside was as low as it's supposed to be on mars and if it's as high as it's, it was in the movie then a, any storm would have destroyed it yep pretty yeah. much because there's a point where he's like uh getting nervous like with the it. sound and stuff while he's counting potatoes. i was like yeah if if uh, the comm satellite can impale you then <laughs> rocks are gonna bust a plastic sheet yeah just saying anyway all right, okay, are we ready for some trivia, or Josh, you want to talk about the... No, we're going to talk about the climax as part of one, one of my takeaways. Okay. okay. <laughs> I already know, trivia. Josh and I disagree. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay, Okay. We'll so there's those. not a whole lot of trivia for this movie that was fun, so there's only three points that I gr- found that I liked. And one of them is actually something that most everybody knows, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's kind of cool. So NASA charges no one, including private uh, for-profit organizations, any fees for use of and access to its archives and consultancy. So if you're writing a book that involves NASA, contact NASA and you can get some free consultancy. I mean, seriously. Nice. I know their images are um, public domain. Everything they do is public domain. Yeah. So you can go to their website and go. And you can use their pictures on your book covers and Yep. It's not illegal. Yeah. It's not even nasty Good or naughty. open source. Yep. yep. I mean, we did pay for it. <laughs> yeah, we did. Well, <laughs> some of our listeners didn't because they're not in oh, the well, country. Oh, well, then you can't, but we can. Because we <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> open source means open for everyone around the globe. In the United States. <laughs> launch your own space problem take your own pictures Jeez, <laughs> oh, it's space it's out there go get it go hungary go hungary and romania yeah team up <laughs> anyway. they used to be the same country anyway okay not willingly but <laughs> <laughs> it was a province of hungary oh, it's one of man. the six provinces I think that's... 
<laughs> Dalmatia, Croatia, Romania. Okay, I'm there's going some, on with the trivia. There's some real trivia. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm kidding. Okay, so they grew a real potato farm on the set, and they used actual potato plants. So, and it was growing the stages and everything. This movie was filmed in Hungary, so... Actually, it was. Most of so, was, this was is as close as they're going to get to having a space program? They're expensive, right? That and is... you're part Hungarian. <laughs> it's not a big you're country. You're shaming your heritage. <laughs> There's no way one little, like, a country the size of, like, one and a half Wisconsin's is going to have a space program. Why do you Japan? think the German... Well, yeah, but that's because they, you know, we built their, they invented they, space. They, we built a bunch of their stuff for them. Oh, jeez. Anyway, so actually this filmed was set, was, this film was filmed, the show was filmed on the largest stage in the world, which is located in Hungary. And NASA's buildings and the Chinese buildings were all in Hungary. They were actually, Budapest. yeah, in yes. Budapest. And um, yeah, everything happened in Hungary. There you go. It's probably cheaper to film there in some ways. I'm sure it is. A lot of movies are filmed there. Aragon was filmed there. We don't talk about <laughs> we that. We don't want to we talk, talk about, about Aragon. That. Yeah, I can tell. Like, you just watch the credits and you can see where it's filmed. Despite He's the... like, that's how you say that word. And that's how you say yeah. that word. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah how's it going? It's hung- Hungarian. <laughs> okay, so then the last one was Andy Weir wrote programs to determine the best theoretical date for the Ares 3 mission to launch. And he actually used computer programs to write his book, base everything on a phone. I wonder if he used Kerbal Space Program. You could write him an essay. Who can say? <laughs> Nolan's like, who can say? And I'm like, write him and ask. <laughs> anyway. Maybe I'll ask NASA. Yeah, free consultancy. Tell him you're writing a book and then actually write the book. He's not going to write the book. Probably not. <laughs> oh, jeez. Hey, you told me, like, what, a week ago that, that you're getting... starting to read books and go, I'm going to do, I could do this better. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt that way about some books as well, but. But it's about my favorite I'm... author's books. Yeah. Which is. Brandon Sanderson? Yes. <laughs> well, Things I did that you read... would change to make them better, like you would edit them differently? Is what yeah, you're edit them differently, or even just, this is a stupid part of the story. Why do you even have this in here? I read Warbreaker, and I felt like that about 50% of it. This I time really reading, enjoyed okay. it, but I was like, the main character, the one that we spend most of the time in, I'm like, I would rather be in this other character's head the whole time. Yeah, so Warbreaker was my favorite book. And I read it again recently, and it might now be my least favorite Brandon Sanderson book. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but it's just... When did you read grown it? as a person. It's been like three months since I read oh. it last. And it just... it's Maybe it's because I know all the good stuff already, and so the boring stuff and the stuff I didn't like was just tedious to get through. Yeah. Plus, I don't... I, don't I can't picture anyone rereading a Brandon Sanderson book. I've read Warbreaker five or six times. <laughs> Nolan's expression. I've read Mistborn four times. I it took me, and I was reading like eight hours a day while I was The Martian. The I've Martian two four times in the last year alone. There you go. The Martian suck it, fun. Brandon Sanderson, and I still like it. So <laughs> yes. All right, should we do our top takeaways? Yes, I think so. Okay, um, Nolan, let's have you go first, then Josh. Do your research. That's my takeaway. What? It's one of my takeaways too. Except, okay, we all have different aspects, but mine, mine was probably just how they navigate inside the ship. I think was the thing that bothered me the most. All the other stuff I could fudge, even the plastic sheet, whatever. But that was so obvious. Where like they, they make such a, 
a, a show of making an effort of propelling themselves through the ship at one Yeah, and the one point. time when she turns a direction, she like grabs something to do it. Yeah, and then know, other times they just say screw it and just float around and move in different directions. And I was just like, that's so inconsistent. Cause they Where just... are you? I'm in the kitchen. Floats towards the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she just like all of a sudden just goes like 45 degrees. And I'm yeah, just it's like... a joke. So, um, be I consistent. Guess, I guess be consistent and more like, because they did the research and then they chose not to use it at some point for no reason. You know, it would be kind of funny to watch somebody try to turn around without touching something. That would have made the movie funny because flailing around and using their abs. And... You can do that in an office chair. Just Throws. take your feet off the ground and try to turn around. Yes. Uh, throw something and then you'll slowly go, however, because you're like, I'm 150 pounds. I throw a six ounce item. Eh. Then you slowly, slowly. <laughs> anyway, okay, do your research. Do your research. Tone. Okay. So they did a very good job with tone because it is it is pretty darn upbeat for a movie about somebody being ban- abandoned on an Mars. empty dead planet. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm but sure they the do disco a good... helped. Yes, the soundtrack, but the the soundtrack, how they choose to do the sounds, the colors, Mm -hmm. the humor, the humor, Mm -hmm. balance with the tragedy, Mm -hmm. the worry, you know, watching him over time. He was already had a few screws loose right off the bat, really. Um, So it didn't feel inconsistent. You know, he gets just more curmudgeonly as time goes on, though. Mm -hmm. But he already had that tendency, so it didn't feel out of character because yeah. if, if he was like super upbeat and then became that way it'd be more of a shock i think it'd be more out of the downer yeah he's, mm-hmm. i don't know i felt like that was a believable yeah. even though i would have probably gone insane and killed myself at some point but oh um, actually you're an introvert you might have lasted longer than you think i don't know I, I i i house sat for a week once and wanted to die really yeah like Nolan is ninety-seven percent introverted. That's I mean, not... if you're house sitting at someone else's house, though. But if if you like know that this is your stuff, I suppose, and you can literally do anything to it that you want, and you couldn't sort through the people's house stuff. I mean, he was going to survive. To, I could, but <laughs> <laughs> I chose not to. I don't know. I have better stuff anyway. <laughs> I uh, I think sorry. that you would last longer than you think. I mean, anyway, uh, they did a good job. I like. It's a fun movie to watch. I mean, they they go through a whole gamut of emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they actually do up. it really well. Yeah. Mostly it's up, but they do a good job of like being serious and then not. And it feels, you know, it doesn't feel like you're being jerked around, even though they go through all these flips. And actually, a like they're bit not of... casually like using children to like make you worry about something. Oh, that's true. Yes. <laughs> or an it, animal. Yeah. It feels genuine. Like, I hate it when they do that because it's just cheap. Yep, they're like everybody but this, loves these dogs. These are like actually like the characters. So when something bad happens to him, I worry about him. Yeah. And when he's happy, I'm happy, and you know. Yeah, and the little um, bit of trivia that I told uh, Josh and Nolan during the movie that I didn't share here was that um, they had Matt Damon film for five weeks alone, completely alone, all of his scenes without interacting with anybody. And the very last part of the movie, when he is talking to his his teammates his crew it's all recorded and it's nothing I and mean, he's actually responding to recordings he's not responding to real people but he'd been so isolated that he actually cried for real and they only did one take so his emotions and his crying is all him really actually feeling so, that way lock someone in a box for a while 
Wait a second. What was it that you said about Jurassic World 2? What are we paying you for if you're not acting? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I was like, yeah, if you just torture someone, he's not an actor. He's a terrible actor. (laughs) So awful. Like If you really hurt him, oh, you're really hurting me. Like She's screaming as she goes over the side because she's on a roller coaster ride. Then why are we paying her? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Fail. Fail. Acting fail. (laughs) Disgusted. Whatever. All right, Josh, what are your takeaways? So my takeaways have already kind of been touched on a little bit. I mean, one of them is is about tone. It's it's so incredibly, I mean, this this movie does it really well, but you got to keep your tone consistent through the entire thing. Mm-hmm. You can't like halfway through a cheerful but horrible event. Cheerful, that's not the right way to say it. <laughs> like something dramatic is happening, but you have a really upbeat and humorful, humorous tone. Like, you can't then have the second half of your story be just tragedy, pure tragedy. Right, because he does take things in stride. That's part of his personality. He's like, well, that happened, and then he's sad for a while, and then gets on the problem. It's like taking a cozy mystery and turning it into a a, a thriller at the end. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. Like, cozy mysteries don't have blood. Lots and lots and lots of blood and people dying everywhere. There's usually the one person. Yeah. And then that's it, and it's usually... A single gunshot wound or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So that's a good point. Like, they they do a really good job of keeping the tone the same throughout the movie. And then I guess my other one is, um, like, a really solid narrative can really help out in the absence of, like, two characters being together, like, communicating. The boring parts. Yeah. Yeah. Really good narrative. Exactly. And there's, I mean... Is it LMNOP? They write letters to each other. Oh, yes. And it's entertaining and interesting. You know, it's not people interacting, but it's... Yeah, it's a novel. It's an epistolary novel, so it's a novel of people writing letters to each other. And Josh, you would love it. It is so clever. Yeah, that sounds awful, but if you say it's good, then... They start running out of letters. (laughs) So the town, like, they've got, like, the alphabet, and the letters start falling, and the town... They have an out. It's like statue or whatever alphabet, and the letters start falling. So the town believes that they can't use those letters anymore, huh. in in any any kind of document, anything to each other, and so they start eliminating letters so, yeah. from their everything. Yeah, and it's hilarious because by the end of the book, like you're reading their letters, and they totally. It's like baby talk, or even worse. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's... much fun. It would be hard to do as an audiobook. Why use lot word when few word do trick? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but like they have to start substituting letters, you know, like so C's gone, so they have to use K's for everything and like, stuff like that. Yeah, or if mm-hmm. Y goes away, then like so saying your, they would do you are. Probably a lot better to read rather than listen to. You'd have yes. to read it, but yeah. it, it's it pretty is, great. It was awesome. I loved it. Okay, so my ta- take my takeaways are pretty much the same. Do your research and contact professionals when you don't know. Comedy makes everything better, so the tone of the movie, you know, make sure that you keep your tone upbeat if you have... Yeah, it's okay to laugh at someone in pain if you make it humorous. <laughs> <laughs> well, even horror does good. You want to have all the gam- all the whole gambit of emotions, you know? Even, even a romance does well with a bunch of different emotions in it. And then my main takeaway, actually, is let your hero be a hero. <laughs> be a major player in the climax of their story. And Josh, Josh's comments, he thinks the ending in the movie is cheesy compared to the ending of the book. But in the book, he doesn't do anything. It's his team that rescues him. He just sits in the thing and they come and get him. I Okay, so they could have done the ending this way that they did it and it still be better than the book. But the problem is, is that the characters are so dang cheesy at the end. Like the stupid spinning while they pull each other closer so that they somehow miraculously don't spin faster. Like, As they're uh, pulling yourself, yes. Like the, the movie to me, kind of, <clears throat> for me at least, the, the realism becomes so gone that it breaks the feel of the movie well that's the thing is because they were in they realized that that they needed him to be more involved and so they 
broke away from the uh, book. Understandable, but maybe they should have done it a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah, they should have <clears throat> continued with the tone of the movie already. They have access to plenty of research, so they could have looked at the implications of their choices instead of just yeah. being a bunch of people writing scripts in a hotel room, which is usually what happens. <laughs> yeah. I do absolutely love the book, though, because, I mean, it's not it's probably not really good writing because the writer has complete control over what happens. But in the story, it makes perfect sense why he passes out and he doesn't do anything at the end. Well, he comes back, though, and he's the one that mentions, I could cut my suit. And then... But he has broken ribs, so... Yeah, which he does in the movie, too. And did that stop him? No. no. Yeah, he still somehow was able to fly around <laughs> yes. that stupid thing. Without passing out again. Out I wonder game. how our brother Daniel would feel about that. So <laughs> Daniel was sitting on a railing at, at BYU. No, he, he was sitting at the top on, he said it was like... He said he wasn't sliding. Oh, was it? Anyway, his backpack um, was too heavy and it pulled him backwards and he fell down a couple flights of stairs and broke a bunch of ribs and lacerated a bunch of organs and was in the ICU for five days. And He literally left his mark on the staircase. Yeah, there's like, still, there's this huge dent in the staircase from him in in the railing and everything. Anyway, I think that he would probably be offended at how Hollywood treated Mark Watney's ribs. (laughs) Ribs are pretty necessary to not hurt. Yeah, they're attached to a lot of major muscles. Yeah. I've cracked some before. Have you? Mm. Jeez, how? Trampoline. It's painful. Yeah. It hurts to breathe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, so let your hero be a hero. Um, have them be a major player in the climax of their story. And I think I've talked about that, and I don't remember yeah, which. the story is about them. Exactly. So... Have them do stuff in their own story. And I agree with Josh. Them. The way they did it didn't necessarily work, um, but I was I was fine with it. I still like the movie. And but you know, okay, a couple of changes would have been good. And they shouldn't. Have, he shouldn't have left so many screws lying around. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's in space with all these open windows, and they're still somehow floating around and bumping his face. Yeah, I was like, uh, maybe remove those as well. You don't want debris. Yeah, high speed the debris glass. in space is a problem. Someone not glass, handed a, a already flexi thing good. Uh, they they like recorded and it looked fine already and they handed it to the CG guy and he's like, what am I doing? I like, okay, screws. Yeah, yeah, let's have those float around so we know that he's in zero G <laughs> yes. while he's dropped down because it doesn't look like he's anything's happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, that's the movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. I we we did nitpick a lot, but it's a hard science fiction movie. The point of this movie is to be nitpicky or it's based on a book that's a hard sci-fi book yeah and if you don't know much about how this book was written or anything he wrote it in, in stages and didn't know the ending from the beginning he posted each section one or two chapters at a time on his blog and he had tons of professionals people that just got attracted to the story and came and were like hey this wouldn't work and this wouldn't work and and he would build the story based on that feedback and so he, that's how he got he got huge. I mean, he had millions of readers before he'd even published the book. I had no idea. And he actually self-published the book. And then he got picked up by a publisher and got a movie made. I mean, it went fast, too, you know? It's a... I mean, there's a reason it's my favorite book. Yeah. It, it makes me cry whenever I read it. Are you crying now? No. That was for <laughs> dramatic... Germanic? Germanic. (laughs) So now you need to speak some German for our listeners. Nine. (laughs) And there you go, folks. (laughs) See, that was clever, and it was French. (laughs) German. No, quoting Better Off Ted, the TV show, which if you haven't watched yet, you need to go watch, listeners. Okay, so that's pretty much it for today, right? Yeah, just a warning. If you decide to read the book, it has a lot of profanity. (laughs) It does. The movie has some. Yeah. Mostly at the beginning, but um, 
Not unwarranted, given his situation. I know, man, the poor man. <laughs> okay, Josh, where can people find you? At work and at home. Oh, that's <laughs> sad. I was in people's showers last time. <laughs> where are you? <clears throat> Try again. <laughs> I'm on the World Wide Web. I mean, I'm not really doing anything public right now, so. Yeah. What are you doing privately that you're so ashamed of? I feel like a liar right now. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> there you go. You can find them playing Dungeons and Dragons. Programming in C++. Wow, that sounds like they go together too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, wasn't Dungeons and Dragons came out in like the 60s or 70s, and C++ is from the 70s. I mean... 89. Is it 89? No, it's... it's 78. Yeah, I was going to say, it's earlier than 80s. It's cancer. I hate it that it's for school, so... All right, Nolan, where can people find you? On Phobos. Phobos. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> he actually uses Phobos in the book to navigate. Yeah, yeah. he does. There you go. Mm-hmm. He was looking to me. Was he? To find his way home. <laughs> the man on the moon of Mars. <laughs> I love Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Mars does have moons. Yes, it has. It has a lot. Several. Mm-hmm. Like four or Many. five? Yeah. And then a ton of little asteroids, I think. Yeah, they never address those. Why didn't they? Like, they would have to actually plan around those, too. All right, and you can find me at my email, andrea at selfpublishstrong.com, or in the BookBub Promotions and More group. And hopefully tomorrow I won't be as nauseated and I can actually get caught up in email and stuff. I was going to say, so don't email her. Don't. She's, <laughs> she's behind. She won't get back to you. <laughs> uh, I'm only about four or five days behind right now. I actually got caught up a little bit yesterday, so I've um, been two to three weeks behind. So I still haven't gone on other podcasts, um, in case those of you who've been waiting for that, I have had one person ask me if I was going to be doing other podcasts. Because we announced like two months ago, three months ago. We were gonna. We were gonna. But you know, I also got pregnant and... Accidentally. Accidentally. It wasn't an accident. Wasn't it? (laughs) No. It's okay for me to go now, right? (laughs) Uh, Anyway. All right. Anyway, so I think that's it for today. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.